Hello and welcome to The Writer's Mindset with me, Ellie Betts, and a little Frankie Puss has come to say hi. Christina is still very hard at work on our patron exclusive series, Healthy Habits. We're here to create a community of authors who persevere, are their most productive selves, and publish at a speed that they are comfortable with. This week, I connected with GM White to discuss his journey through updating his covers several times and the impact it had on his success. G.M. White has always been an avid reader. A lover of the written word was instilled on him by his parents at a very early age. This may or may not have something to do with the fact that he was a very talkative child, and the only time he was quiet was when he had his head in a book. Anyway, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. He lives on St. Martin's in the Isles of Skilly with his wife and son. Like many people on the islands, he wears a few different hats. Now a full-time stay-at-home dad, he also works several part-time jobs is on the local Coast Guard rescue team, sits on the committee for St. Martin's Island Hall and Reading Room, plays cricket, poorly, and St. Martin's Cricket Club, and somehow finds time to write. I do want to say a big thank you to all of our patrons for your support. We couldn't do this without you. As a patron, you get early access to all of our episodes, bonus content, and our undying gratitude for supporting all of the hard work that goes into creating these episodes to inspire and motivate you. And... As I mentioned, Christina has been working on a patron-exclusive series called Healthy Habits. We've had a lot of great feedback so far. It's definitely worth checking out. Healthy Habits is available on our Patreon. If you want to find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash writers mindset. So with me today then is GM White, a fantasy author and patron of the Writer's Mindset. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Very happy to be here. Excellent. No problem at all. For our lovely listeners then, could you first tell us who you are and what is it you do, please, Jeff? Uh, Yeah. So my name is Jeff. I publish as GM White. Uh, I'm an independently published fantasy author. And the series I've been working on for the last few years is the Royal Champion series. Uh, First book of which is The Swordsman's Lament. Uh, And then I've also got the prequel novella out, which is The Swordsman's Intent. And the second full book in the series, The Swordsman's Descent, will be coming out uh, at the end of June. You can see I've got myself into a little pattern with the names there. Um, (laughs) I love a theme. I love a theme. Don't worry. (laughs) That's what sells. People like that. (laughs) The first book, The Swordsman's Lament, uh, when did that one come out? And what kind of covers did you use for that book? It came out September 2019. um, And originally I had quite a I don't know I was, I was trying to go for almost like a slightly traditional fantasy cover you know I, I sort of looked at some of my favorite covers uh, with a designer I, I put together a sort of mood board of stuff that I liked and I sent it off and it came back and it was this kind of you know castle with a figure in front and all that sort of thing and it, it looked they looked all right on the um on the paperback but um actually you know it needs to be good as a thumbnail at least it looked good as a thumbnail on amazon so that didn't really work so i sort of rejigged that one into this so that the the chap on the front was much more much larger much more further forwards but yeah i think i think one of the issues with that initial cover was that i was going for you know things that i liked from when i started reading fantasy in the 90s and it wasn't necessarily that that current um one of my 
my issues to begin with, I think. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but you've changed the covers for the whole series, well, the whole series of yeah. the books you've got out so far twice now. Yeah. Can you tell us just a bit about why they've changed twice? Well, with, um, I mean, the Swordsman's Laments now have four covers. Um, oh, yes. Four covers. The Swordsman's Intent has had three. <laughs> Um, and yeah, the Swordsman's Descent, even though it's not out yet, has already had two different covers. And the reason being, I don't think I quite got it right. And none of this is the designer's fault. I think it's down to the brief um, that I gave them. Um, and just trying to find something that got across the energy of the books and the kind of the subgenre and that sort of thing. So as I say, with the first, the first um, original cover design, I, I put together that mood board. I, Sort of said to the designer, um, this is the sort of thing I'm looking for. This is what I like, blah, blah, blah. And they came back with something that I was, it wasn't perfect, but I was happy with it. Uh, and then it, so the book was out for a while. And I got some feedback from some other authors saying, mm, you know, it's not really that good on thumbnail. It doesn't look that great on Amazon. It's, you know, the, the figure's too small. It's not really. And so I thought, no, they're right. Actually, I got the feedback. I thought, I need to change this. So I went back to that designer and said, oh, can we kind of bring the figure forwards? Can we highlight them? You know, and that, that was sort of all right for a while. But again, it wasn't quite the right feel for the books. I mean, the, the stories are, um, I mean, they're historical fantasy. They're quite a quite adventure, you know, heroic fantasy adventures, lots of swashbuckling, that kind of thing. And main fat character fights with rapier. It's sort of aimed at the sort of it's in terms of the technology, it's adjacent to kind of Renaissance Europe, that sort of thing. The cover was much more sort of grim, dark, Game of Thrones type thing. Um, so then I changed again. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go for something completely different. And I went um, for a more kind of symbolic style, and it had sort of a um, uh, silhouette of a swordsman and kind of you know design around around him and that sort of thing and again it was one of those things I sort of gave the brief and it came back and it just wasn't quite right but I just wasn't in a position to at the time to go oh sorry I'm going to get loads more covers done and spend loads of money so I'll live with it for the moment and I'll change it and um, it just yeah it just wasn't it's never quite right I'm never quite happy with it and then um, I got some feedback um, from the guys at the Wizards, Warriors and Words podcast. Um, they did an episode. You're jumping ahead, Jeff. I'm jumping ahead to the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I got some feedback on, on that one. And I thought, right, I, I had some feedback on how I could improve that one. So I went back to the designer for that and said, look, can you try this, tweak it this way, tweak it that way? And at the same time, I thought, sod it, I'll just get another cover done um, through uh, a cheap cover designs company, um, a company called Get, Get Covers. Um, and I mean, the design for just ebook and KDP paperback uh, would have been $35 US, and that was it. And um, I, uh, I opted to have an audio book and hardback, and I put with Ingram Spark as well. So I, I paid a bit more. Um, I thought, yeah, I've not really got anything to lose if I like it, it's you know, better. And, and just what came back was immediately right. It just had the right feel for the books. It had the right energy for the books. Um, I've got a copy here. And it just got across what the, the sort of feel of the book a lot more. So for anyone who's watching us on yeah. YouTube right now, we'll see this is your latest cover. This is the, the yeah. final one. This is the okay. final one. And I was so happy with this um, when I got the first, the first sort of proof of it back. I sort of sent it back and changed it. Like he was wearing a hat, which wasn't quite right. And um, there's a few things with the font that we tweaked. But I immediately then went, right, I'm getting the whole series redone in the same style. Um, and now I've got a really solid 
sort of brand for the series. Mm. They're all done in the same style and the reception has just been so much better. They've just sort of, uh, yeah, it's honestly, it's just probably the best thing, <laughs> the best thing I could have done. So did you find they weren't selling as well before then? Did they start performing better after you changed the covers the first time? Yeah, noticeably, noticeably. Um, so I had feedback on the blurb as well which was mostly there but it needed a few tweaks it basically needed paring down so I immediately changed the blurb I sort of went had took the notes went through went right okay I can cut that bit and I can change this and change that before I did the cover design and then when the cover design came in I put it up and the chain there was just a jump in sales straight away just from changing the cover design and at that point you know I tried I've been playing around with ads but I think because of the cover just not quite hitting it didn't they weren't converting and straight away put the new cover on i'm getting more sales just from the new cover design and i'm now at a point where i'm playing around with ads and i'm making a profit on my ads for the first time so excellent yeah it's yeah it's just changed it almost overnight just by changing the cover design the content of the book was always good i hope yes i think i'm sure um based on (laughs) reviews i'd like to think that um but yeah, just getting the right cover that was the right fit just seems to have made such a huge difference. So what made you decide to approach the Wizards, Warriors and Words podcast to get them to give you some feedback? Were you nervous about approaching them for that and what you'd hear yeah. back? Um, I was, yeah. I um, They did an episode uh, which was, and for anyone who doesn't know, it's a podcast which is writing advice for fantasy authors specifically and all of the guys are indie authors although they do have some experience with trad pub as well and they did a, an episode all about what makes a good blurb and makes a good cover and i was listening to that and i thought hmm i i think they've, they've hit a few nails on the head i think there's a few things of mine which aren't quite right i wonder if they'd be up for doing a critique episode if listeners sent in their links and they kind of went and checked them out so i got in touch with them did I do it by email? I can't remember. So I either emailed um, their podcast address or I got in touch with Jed Hearn on Twitter, who's one of the guys that does it, um, and said, you know, basically, would you be interested in doing this? And he was like, yeah, if anybody's up for that kind of masochism, then sure. Um, and they mentioned it at the end of the next podcast um, and told me, they sort of emailed me back and said, yeah, if you want to do that, brilliant. If you send your links through, we'll mention it. If we get a few more people who want to do it, then we'll do an episode or two about that. Uh, and I think three other people did get in touch with them after that. Um, so they did basically they ended up doing two episodes um, where they did two critiques in each episode because they sort of went so in depth on stuff. And um, yeah, I was pretty nervous about what I was going to hear. But I said to them in my email, I said, be brutal. Tell me what you think I need to hear, you know, uh, and they certainly did. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely worth doing. What sort of things did they feed back if, you, if you're happy yeah. to share that? Like, w- was it big stuff, little stuff, lots of different stuff? It was all sorts of things, really. I mean, the, the blurb uh, feedback was really helpful because it sharpened it up. They kind of went, there's, there's, a, there's a good blurb in here, but it was too padded. There was too much stuff. And they're like, oh, it's too long, you know, kind of losing interest. Although one of the guys who presents it, um, Dirk Ashton, was like, hey, I want to read this. It sounds like my kind of thing. Um, but yeah, they gave me some feedback on that, which uh, again, I just sat there and kind of took notes and went, right, I'm changing that, I'm changing that, I'm changing that. Uh, and uh, but that was after they did the cover and the cover was quite, yeah, it was quite brutal. But um, they kind of went, you know, is this, what is that? Like, they couldn't tell what the silhouette was. It was meant to be you know, the silhouette of a swordsman. It wasn't clear. They're like, well, you either need to get rid of that or make it darker. And then, because it was sort of halfway between a sim, you know, symbolic cover with lots of symbols and 
and sort of design on it and having a sort of central figure on it. I said, I pick one or the other, or you know, really again, really zoom in on that silhouette, make that whole central bit bigger. And you know, they gave me some suggestions which tweaked the original design and would certainly have improved it. But I still, from what they were saying, they're like, they were like, you know, I don't get the right from the blurb and from the cover. They said it's like it's two different books. You know, I'm not getting that. And that was, that was, I suppose, partly because when I went to look at getting that third cover done for The Swordsman's Lament, I, um, you know, I, I sort of went and I looked at historical fantasy and uh, on, the, you know, the charts on Amazon. And and it's a bit of a mixed bag. But there was lots of ones with sort of silhouettes and kind of, you know, uh, figures and nice little fleur de lis design and things like that. And I think I just got the designers to throw too much at it. There was too much, <laughs> there was too much going on. Yeah. And it wasn't clear enough what it was. It's one of those things, isn't it, where they say, don't judge a book by its cover, but in actual fact, we know what we like, we know what we want to read, and we're looking yeah. for the same thing, aren't we? Yeah. If, if a book we see looks like something we've read before, we kind of know what it's going to be. Yeah. Along similar lines, right? And that's what people yeah. are looking for. Exactly. I think it's one of those things people need to be able to look at your cover, know where it sits on the shelf in a bookshop. They need to be able to look at your cover and get from that the genre and subgenre and maybe even what sort of, you know, what similar authors, that sort of thing. And it doesn't mean you necessarily want to be a copycat, but you have to be really aware of the trends that, you know, that are current in the genre and the subgenre that you're writing in. And again, I think with that initial design, I was trying. I was harking back too much to the classic books of the '90s that I grew up reading, um, which had all these lovely illustrated covers. But of course, they were designed to catch your eye on a bookshelf in a bookshop. They were designed to be seen, you know, this big physically to be picked up and held. Uh, and obviously, all book covers are designed for that. But being realistic as an independent author, your main marketplace is online. You know, you're you're. Amazon is your storefront. Um, I'm, I'm wide, so I'm on all the ebook retailers and, and that sort of thing. But realistically, at the moment, Amazon is the main, the main thing. And yeah, so I just don't think it was quite, it just didn't really fit with what was contemporary. And it didn't really fit with the sort of what was in the genre and, and subgenre. Um, and again, then with the second one, I sort of went too far the other way and tried to chuck too much stuff at it. And it just ended up being a bit of a, a, bit of a muddle. So um, Collage of modern fantasy books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, funny, the funny thing is, for all of them, one of the examples I gave um, as a sort of comp title was the Great Coats series by Sebastian Castel, uh, de Castell, um, which again is kind of a swashbuckling fantasy story. And the first couple of designs just didn't pick up on that at all. And um, with this, with the third design, again, this one, um, I sort of briefed, I couldn't afford an illustrated cover. Um, so this is all, you know, Photoshop from stock stock art and different things. And it's great. Pieces. It's a really beautiful cover. Lovely, the isn't latest it? One. I really, I really like it. And you probably can't see on there, but you've got little detail of sort of um, castles and things in the background. And on the back, it's the same. It carries over. It's really lovely, like almost textured. But one of the, the things I gave them was that kind of uh, Sebastian de Castell cover design as an inspiration. And also the UK editions of some of Brandon Sanderson's stuff, both of which have figures on but a bit more stylized. So again, you've got the, the, you've got the silhouette there with all the other stuff going on in the middle um, without it being a fully realistic, you know, you don't, you don't really want photo realistic in fantasy. You might want illustrated, but if you can't get illustrated, you have to sort of think, <laughs> think your way around it a little bit because that's very expensive usually. Yes. 
Yeah, so it's either pay a lot of money or uh, learn Photoshop, and I definitely don't have the ability to do either. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't. That's it. I don't. You know, I don't have the time to do my own covers uh, or to no. learn Photoshop. So, uh, but no. again, you know, that that design didn't break the bank. That was relatively cheap. Um, mm. I'm impressed with the cost. When you said thirty five dollars, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe you get what you pay for with these kind of things. <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah. heard of such a cheap cover. No, um, it was but crazy. No, they, they obviously, turned out well, yeah. so we'll make sure we'll link them in the show notes. So people yeah, can no, check they're, them out. No, they're actually they're a company. Um, uh, get covers are based out of the Ukraine. Um, so it felt quite nice to be sending some money that in that direction at the moment, even if it wasn't mega bucks. Um, but they're 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 a sister company to uh, another independent covers company called um i never quite know how to pronounce it it's spelled m-i-b-l art i'm not sure it's miblart or mibble art um but they're sort of sister companies and um Mibble art is more expensive it's more like a couple hundred dollars a cover that sort of thing so i think get covers is sort of the junior arm where they kind of get their junior designers trained up by doing lots of different covers for lots of different things and so you get cost-effective covers um but again you can get quite a decent result if you have a good brief and sort of give the right feedback. You know? So be specific then, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of. No, it's difficult because you want to know what you want, but at the same time, they're the designers. So I sort of gave examples of the sort of thing I was after and then said, you guys know, you're the designers, you know what's current, you know what's popular and what's selling in the genre. That's, that's your job. So but this is the sort of thing I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to seeing what you come back with. And um, and yeah, and they, what they came back with just blew me away, really. Yeah, it's excellent. So since um, changing to the new covers again then, and obviously fitting into the genre better, they've obviously improved exponentially uh, yeah. and sell a lot more now, yes? Yes, yeah. And um, the new cover designs as well, I've just got so much more engagement on social media from them. Um, you know, I just, I just, I didn't even, I didn't use any hashtags or anything like that. I just tweeted, oh, I can't stop looking at my new cover, you know, heart eyes emoji <laughs> and the copy of the cover design. And it just went, well, for me anyway, ballistic and the book bloggers getting in touch, asking for a copy saying, oh, well, it looks interesting. And, and I got a couple of booktube um, reviews off the back of that and just, yeah, just, it just sort of ballooned out from there a little bit really i'm not going to say it went viral in any way shape or form but um let's just say it was yeah the most engagement i've had on on my social media Uh. (laughs) (laughs) so then i'd be interested to know what would be your advice for someone who is looking to maybe uh, use you as a cautionary tale and perhaps maybe nail it on the first try what would be your advice for them when they start looking at covers then well don't be impulsive like me (laughs) don't settle for stuff um uh, one of my problems is i just want to, I want to be doing all the things all at once and have stuff done now and um, I need to be a bit more patient with things so take the time get it right um do research into your genre and subgenre. look at the comp titles and if you're struggling to figure out what your comp titles are you know if you have beta readers people that have read your book um or people that read widely in the genre that you know go to them and talk to them about it have a look at the comp titles the ones you think are good um go and have a look on Amazon, have a look at the best-selling stuff in the various sub, you know, the various subgenres your book fits into, and just yeah, just just and be honest with yourself about what it is you need from the book cover. It's not something that it's well, I mean, it is something you want to hang on your wall, but primarily, its job is to catch the attention of the reader. Its job is to get across the, the genre and subgenre, um, and to be that first thing people see that makes them then click through to read the blurb, you know. Or if it's on an ad, you want them to go, oh, well, that book's only two ninety nine. I'll have a look at that. 
you know, you, you want it to be appealing to people. And then when you get the design back and you get your first kind of design back, take the time to look at it next to Amazon. So shrink it down to the same size as the thumbnail. So have Amazon open on, you know, on your screen, have, it, have the um, design open on your screen and put it next to the books you're talking about at the same size as a thumbnail um, on Amazon or the other retailers and just see how it fits. And if there's something that's not quite right or it's a bit off, go back to the designer and see if you can change it. That's really interesting because then you can see, A, if it is eye-catching enough, right? And also, yeah. B, how well it does fit in next to the yeah. rest in the genre, can't you? Yeah, exactly. It's getting that kind of side-by-side um, vision. And, and, you know, I mean, like with, with the first sort of cover design, it's really monochrome. You know, it it's, is, it's almost yeah. black and white. And actually that, you know, it needed some colour. It needed something to catch the eye a bit more. Um, and with the the latest one you've got this sort of dash of red and it's a bit more textured and you know it's much mm. more eye-catching yeah the colour um, is beautiful and just yeah it really if i'd done that with the first cover i would have realized it didn't fit you know i would have realized in the first place and perhaps got a different you know gone back and made some changes but if i hadn't done that i wouldn't have learned the valuable lessons i've now learned well, about getting your true. cover right this is true and <laughs> passing on all that useful information to our listeners so yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, hopefully, hopefully useful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely useful. Definitely. <laughs> we do have one question that we ask all of our interviewees, which is yeah. what one book changed your life? Oh, yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I know you've listened to the podcast, so you yeah. should have been expecting this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've sort of been a bit torn about which one to pick, really, but um, it would probably be, in fact, I've got it right here. Hang on. I would have to say... It's the Dragonbone Chair by Tad Williams, which is uh, the first book in his classic Memory, Sorrow and Thorn trilogy, which came out in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and it's the first series. I, I mean, I was only 10 or 11 when I picked up, <laughs> picked this up. And actually, it was again, it was the book cover that caught my eye of the second book in the series. I was, walk, I was in my bookshop and I saw this guy peering out at me and thought, oh, he looks cool. That's Pick a that nice... Up. That's a nice book spine, isn't it? It's a beautiful cover design. Um, Michael Whelan, illustration, you know, picked it up, read the back, and went, oh, no, it's book two. And they didn't have book one in stock. So I had to wait for them to get the first book in. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd read widely up, widely up to that point. Um, but this was the first sort of proper fantasy book that I read, you know. Um, and it just hooked, it hooked me. It's such a... It's such an important series in the genre, and I don't think it's starting to get the credit that it, it's due, mainly because George R. R. Martin said it inspired him to write the Game of Thrones series, um, and off the back of that, a lot of more people are discovering it now. Um, but it really shifted what people were doing with fantasy. You know, a lot of sort of Tolkien-esque stuff had been happening, you know, um, and then it it sort of it was a darker, more adult take on on fantasy in a lot of ways, and it shifted the genre on a bit. Um, and yeah, and after that, I mean, it was a long wait from book two to book three coming out, um, unfortunately, because it's huge. It's like one of the biggest books ever published in the English language. Um, again, I've got that here. And it is honestly, it's massive. And it's printed on Bible paper. It's like that's it. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. It's huge. I've, I can't remember how many. It's like a thousand and 
60 pages long or something that would just put me off to be honest with you. <laughs> if i saw a book that was a yeah. thousand pages i would just think i might buy it it'll look nice on my shelf but i'm never but gonna it, read it <laughs> it was so big when they published it they couldn't publish the paperback as one they had to split it into two and mm. subsequently a lot of his other series have started off as trilogies and become four book series <laughs> uh including his recent return to that to that world but uh, while i was waiting for the third book in the series to come out I just dived into the fantasy section of my local bookshop and just ripped through everything. And it was then I discovered, I discovered Terry Pratchett, um, Robin Hobb, um, uh, Neil Gaiman, Douglas Adams, uh, David Gemmell, David Eddings, people like that. Um, and that really proved the foundation in fantasy that led to me writing my own books all these years later. So I would say... That is the book that changed my life. Kickstarted your passion for fantasy. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's what got me hooked. I love that. That's a good choice. That's a good choice <laughs> for your book. Uh, just one last question then for you, if that's okay. Yeah, Where can our lovely listeners go to find out more about you? Uh, well, there's my website, which is gmwhite.co.uk. Uh, and then I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as at gmwhiterights. So I've got the same handle on all of them. Uh, to be honest, I'm probably most active on Twitter, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm on those three primarily. Uh, and yeah, so it should be fairly easy to find. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining me here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. If you enjoy the writer's mindset, we'd be super grateful if you could leave us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice, or a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. It really helps other writers find us so that we can help them achieve their wildest writing dreams too. And don't forget, if you'd like early access to episodes, a chance to submit questions for our guests, and to listen to that new bonus series, Healthy Habits, come join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash writers mindset. We've got a lot of big things planned, but we can only do them with your support. Every little thing helps us to help you more, whether it's a rating, a review, or becoming a patron. We'll see you next time. Keep writing.